Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Dime Travel. If you've listened to the show before and you kind of know what the idea is, go ahead and skip 30 seconds. If you've never listened to the show before, I'll give you kind of an idea. What we do here is we take a look at the history of the NBA through the lens of an individual season, except we don't look at the playoffs. We imagine what if the regular season was that chase for the cup? How would that affect history? How would that affect legacies? How would that change the entire landscape of the NBA if there were no playoffs? Well, let's go back in time and check it out. Um, and here to tell you more about it is my man, Kevin. Can you help explain that? Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks for the setup. Also joining us uh, is uh, Ryan. Why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Hey, I'm Ryan. Thanks for having me. Uh, alert. Yeah, that's probably enough. Thanks. Um, so the way that we decide who the regular season champ is, since everyone plays such an unbalanced schedule, it'd be unfair to just look at, uh, at records, is we use the ELO rating system that they use in chess and tennis, uh, Basically, just a quick overview of that is everyone starts at a 1500 rating. After each game, the winner's rating goes up, losers goes down by the same amount. And the amount they go up or down depends on what the team's rating were going in, which team was home, and the margin of victory. So that's our methodology for going through each NBA season and assigning a new champ. Today, we're doing what year are we doing, Ryan? We're doing the 1984 85 season, more commonly shortened to the 1985 season. That's right. That's usually how it's referred to. All right, but we're going to start off the way we always start off with a game called Guess the Players, where we see if Ryan can identify which player made an all-NBA team this season and has the following nicknames, some of the obscure nicknames listed on basketballreference.com. Are you ready, Ryan? Yes, I think you may have improved my odds this year, week. I, I did. I improved your odds by eliminating the third team. I went back in time and changed that, so... There's just two All-NBA teams this year, first and second. All right, let's do it. So so what are the odds of you getting it right? 10%. Perfect. All right, so which player in the 1984-85 NBA season had the nickname Tuss? Like, Tuss it over? As in like T-U-S-S, Tuss. Well, considering that... Good game, Tuss. Considering that doesn't have an actually meaning... It's going to be tough because I can't associate with whatever, you know, attribute, mm-hmm. skill set. You know, that's usually what I'm going off. So, Tuss, I'm going to go with Ralph Sampson. Okay. okay. But I might be way yeah, off. I mean, not a lot to go on. The answer is Isaiah Thomas. Apparently, that was a childhood nickname as short for Thomas, but I don't know how that's short for Thomas. But apparently, that was a common nickname for him back home in Chicago. Maybe like in the kindergarten when kids can't say words. Yeah. Does it, does Tuss have a meaning? I think it's just like short for Thomas somehow. Hmm. I don't know. Are you sure it's not short for Isaiah? I'm No, I'm not sure, but I'm very confident that it's hmm. not. Okay. Maybe he got into a little tussle one time. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> right on the briefcase. <laughs> Fitting because you guessed Samson. All right. Which NBA player made an all NBA, NBA team this this year? And had the nickname Buck. Buck. This is one some people might actually know. Yeah, this one I feel like I should know it. But it just, man, I am struggling every week. These obscure nicknames, I guess. 
They're doing their thing. That's why it's interesting. It's the obscure ones. I feel like it's Moses Malone just going out there. Okay. Can I take a can I take a chance if it's not right? Yeah. It's Christopher the Steel. Kareem? Mm, Kareem is the one who coined the nickname, if I'm correct. Ah. Uh. But it was referring to the new young buck on the team, Irvin Magic Johnson. Oh. You know what's crazy uh. is if you watch Winning Time, that's in there. Which which you've watched, isn't that right? Yeah, I watched that. Okay. Were you doing other things while you're watching or you didn't seem to retain it? You had a perfect opportunity to steal. Yeah. No, my retention level's much lower uh, than it used to be. That's all right. I think they have a shot for that. Do they? Which shot, which shot do they doctor. give you for that? I don't know. You're the doctor. <laughs> a free throw shot? Oh, okay. Well, back to basketball. Yeah. Which which and all which all NBA player this season went by the name Black Jesus? Oh, is he on the third team? Nope, he's not. There was no third team. We've established this. I'm gonna go with Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw away a guess. Why not? Uh huh. Yeah. He was flying under the radar. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you want to steal or wait? Bernard King. Is that correct? That, no, that's a better guess though warmer i would guess michael jordan by default it's michael jordan why yeah that that makes the most sense yeah wait what he's black jesus not larry bird by nickname so wouldn't he just be wouldn't he just be jesus then i guess because are you saying because jesus was black yeah we we tried to stay away from walking the political path here i don't know is this political it's part of the world he was from i don't know i do like that name though that's pretty sweet uh, did you have any nicknames for Terry Cummings or can we not say that on the show? So uh, I do have one. I'm saving it for a different year. We got one more for this year. Okay. All right. Okay. It's uh, which, which all NBA player from this season went by the name stick. Oh, it's definitely Kevin Durant. That's right. It was Kevin Durant. Oh, nice. Kevin, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's a good guess. It has to be a tall, lanky guy. In this case, it happens to be Ralph Sampson. The, 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 the giant seven, four Houston rocket. <laughs> But that's all right. You over four guess Larry Bird is Black Jesus. And I also eliminated Cummings. So I, I made my odds better, and I still messed up. Mm-hmm. You did. That's true. Actually, that was really smart of you. You had, yeah, but it didn't pay off. You, you increased your odds to one and nine, and still. All right, keep them Cummings. There'll be there'll be plenty of Terry Cummings talk in this episode. Don't worry about it. All right. So I want to introduce a new segment. This segment is called Popular Narrative, where I'm, I, I wrote a description of what I think the popular narrative when people think of this season. And I, wanted, I, I just want to establish that up front and tell me if you guys agree or disagree with this is how you remember the 1985 season. All right. You ready? Yeah. Do it in the voice. Ready? Do it in the voice. <clears throat> All right. Here goes. <clears throat> the 1980s were the time of the Lakers and Celtics. Bird magic ruled the decade as their teams took turns winning championships, peaking in the mid-80s with the 85-87 Lakers along with the 86 Celtics. This is the year when Magic wins title number three and Kareem wins title number four. Meanwhile, superstar rookies Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Charles Barkley are ready to have next. A.K.A. Black Jesus, the Dream, and the Crisco Kid. Do you think that sums up the way people look back at 1985? Oh, definitely. I think that's a really fair assessment. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the point of this is to, to reevaluate that. See if that's a reasonable way to look at this. Uh, 
where we don't put so much emphasis on the postseason tournament, right? Uh, a few other things I just wanted to mention about this season. This this year, teams were tanking for Patrick Ewing. He was the big prize at the end of the year in the draft. This is a Dominique Wilkins slam dunk champion. This is the last year without a three-point contest. Uh, this is the first year after the Clippers moved from San Diego to L.A. And the last year before the Kings moved from Kansas City to Sacramento. A lot going on there. Hmm. Lot going. I, Any other stage setting? Yeah, I think you forgot about um, the first issue of Calvin and Hobbes came out. I don't see that on really? there. That was this also, year? Yeah. The Clapper is making its way. This was the beginning of the Clapper? Clapper. For our audience, this is just some scene setting stuff we do so you can really put yourself in that place in time. So. Mm-hmm. Imagine turning off a light or on, just clapping your hands. So, yeah, that no, that's really good stage setting. So you, you go to bed. You're still a little wound up. You, you're still drinking a couple of Bartles and James. You're leafing through your Calvin and Hobbes, and then you get sleepy and turn off the light and go to yeah. bed. Maybe. Maybe you turn off the lights and watch one more episode of Murder, She Wrote. I feel like this is the best of times. <laughs> but the worst times are comings, so get ready. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Our next section, the best time travel team. The best team where if we were able to take the players on this roster but grab the version of them from any year – which team would benefit the most from it? Mm-hmm. So I, I have two nominees. I like to call this segment prime time. It helps me remember what we're doing here. Okay. Yeah, whatever helps. Prime time. Go. And now for the prime time, the first team I wanted to propose is the Philadelphia 76ers, who were already a really good team this year. They were the number four ELO rated team at the end of the year with a 1621 rating. And remember, everyone starts at 1500. So here's, here's the advantage that they get. So they were already an awesome team. So their point guard, Maurice Cheeks, four-time All-Star. This is right around his prime. Uh, the Boston Strangler, Andrew Tony, a uh, a two-time All-Star. This is right around the prime for him. But then Julius Irving, as their small forward, this was well past his prime. He was a four-time MVP. Uh, including back to the ABA, this is five years after his best season. So you you take you take old Julius Irving, replace it with prime Julius Irving. Power forward, we had Charles Barkley, but this was rookie Charles Barkley. If you could grab Charles Barkley from eight years in the future when he was the MVP and put him on this team, and then at center, Moses Ballone, who was a couple years past his prime, but still, that, that gives you three different MVPs on this on this team. And then the, the only other yeah, that's an excellent team. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to go through like the eight man rotation. Just it, but then one other person worth mentioning is Bobby Jones would be coming off the bench. If, was number two in uh, ABA MVP voting about nine years before that. So I think that's a pretty. If you could go get the best versions, it was already a good team. But that team's pretty unstoppable if you have Prime Dr. J, Crisco Kid, and Moses. That's really crazy that they had two of the best players from the ABA on the same team. Mm-hmm. I mean, not crazy, but more just kind of random. Yeah, it was a little random. But yeah, it was a really, it was a really good team. Yeah, it was an awesome team. It was a couple of years after winning a championship. But hey, Kevin. Yeah, Ryan. Who, who's our, who's our other nominee? Well, thanks for keeping us on track. So the other team that I wanted to propose would be the uh, San Antonio Spurs, who were a 500 team this year. They were number 12 in the ELO rating at 1495, so a little below where they started. Uh, the big benefits for this team 
Johnny Moore would still, probably still be their point guard. Never made an all-star team, but he did have the assist chip title a couple years before. Uh, then Alvin Robertson uh, was uh, – it was a couple years before his prime, his defensive player of the year prime. Small forward George Gerben, who was number two in the MVP voting in 78 and 79. So this is five years after his prime. So you you take this team, you put prime George Gerben on it. Um, again, not, nice not that special with uh, Gene Banks at power forward, whatever. But then center artist Gilmore, former ABA right. MVP, 10 years after his prime. So we're taking a 500 team and replacing an aging George Gervin with a prime George Gervin and a irrelevant artist Gilmore with a ABA MVP artist Gilmore. Seven foot two. Wow. Yeah. yeah he's that's a really big. good team. That's a, that's mm-hmm. that prime prime time version of that team is, is super prime. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 76ers are better, but they were already much better. I think this, that team benefits a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, do, do they have enough to match up against the Sixers? Probably not, but nah. definitely no. in this no. exercise, uh, envisioning the best players on that team, they become significantly better team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we do that. The 76ers win the championship with very little trouble, but they were already the number three seed in the East. They were already a really good team. Spurs go from being and also ran to being a real contender if we get to do that. So, right. All right, so I think I don't know. I think 76ers, but I think the, I think the Spurs were interesting. And sorry, Ryan, I didn't get a chance to see if the Trailblazers were a good candidate this year. But yeah, what were your thoughts about David Thirdkill? I have almost no thoughts about David Thirdkill. Yeah, I, I don't think he was that impactful on the court, at least. Yeah, I'm excited for David Thirdkill Jr. Though it sounds like he's going to be really good. <laughs> For some of our confused audience members, this is something Ryan likes to do where he'll just mention a random player way down on the roster that we've never mm-hmm. heard of. So, but that's a cool last name, Third Kill. It's because mm-hmm. uh, our statisticians on the show here, they're really good. So I'm always looking for an educational opportunity, opportunity for improvement for myself, just to learn a little bit more about the players. I don't feel like that sentence meant anything. I feel like that was just kind of word salad, but. I appreciate it. It's good for you. So you know what? I'll, I'll I'll argue against that to just say like, what is a podcast but word salad? So keep trucking, Ryan. Let the haters hate. <laughs> Great. So now I'm a hater. You're here to encourage Ryan, and I'm the problem. <laughs> Moving on to logo wow. corner. Logo corner. No teams changed their logo this year. Moving on to the uh, Elo rating. So. A couple teams I want to mention, but we're going to get into, uh, so we stop our ELO rating system after 75 games to account for teams resting players and playoff jockeying and whatnot. So we'll go through the top three teams up through game 70 and then walk through the last five games. But one other team I wanted to mention before that, just as an excuse to talk about them, this team was the, was the team that had the biggest rise in their ELO rating from the previous year to this year, and that's the Houston Rockets who were the number 21 ELO rated team the previous year. And this season moved all the way up to number eight. And their big addition this year was rookie Hakeem Olajuwon. This was, this was the, maybe the, one of the best realizations of their twin towers plan, adding Hakeem this year. And then Ralph Sampson in his second year would have been a really exciting team to watch. Ryan, did you hear that? Hakeem Olajuwon. It's your boy. Oh yeah. Holla at your boy. I'm pretty sure you would have had a Olajuwon jersey if you, were a kid during this. Wait, you were a kid. Did you have a, an Olajuwon, Olajuwon jersey? 
I did not. Hmm. Did you have any jerseys? I didn't have any jerseys. I probably had a Barry Sanders jersey. But I think that's a different podcast. No. We can talk about that. I bet he would have been good at basketball. Yeah. You know what's remarkable looking at this initial ELO uh, distribution? And you see the Knicks might have done a great job tanking being third in mm-hmm. the ELO rating. So mission that's accomplished, Patrick Ewing. Ewing. This, this, was the, this was the famous uh, reach in for the envelope and... There's a lot of conspiracies that they like took the, the damaged damage corner. corner or I've heard the theory that they put the Knicks envelope in a freezer so that you could reach in and you could feel the cold one. And that was the Knicks one. You feel mm-hmm. the cold oh, one. That's smart. Absolutely. 85, 85. This was uh-huh. the year. You're right. What about the hanging Chad? Dang it. I wish I had done the Is that hanging thing. Chad in there. No, no. The hanging Chad is not in there. Okay. No, I think they just did the, either the damaged corner, or the, the frozen envelope, but those would both work well. Yeah, they would really. I think I feel like I would, I would be really excited to find out that it was the frozen envelope. For some reason, that makes way more sense to me than like feeling around for the right corner. Just being like, "Ooh, this envelope is cold." Yeah, yeah the probabilities would be much higher. You could feel an entire envelope mm-hmm. than one particular yeah. corner. But wouldn't the cold envelope share energy, cold energy, to the other envelopes? Like, couldn't that be confusing if it weren't done immediately after? Yeah, the, the timing is important, but I think the implication is that a lot of people were in on it, that it was like back behind the stage and they like anyone else who was back there knew what was happening. There would have to be at least a few people in on it. So I don't know. It would have to be an NBA decision. I feel like I feel like they could get that done. I'm not saying I think they did it, but I don't know. Word up, word up. But yeah, Knicks did a decent job tanking and then a really good job of making their envelope cold. Totally fresh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to the the race for our championship, the top three ELO rated teams. Again, we're stopping after 70 games to walk through the last five. So the number three team in the ELO ratings after 70 games was the Boston Celtics with an ELO rating of 1681, but they were just 24 points out of first place. So it was crowded at the top. Who, who should we talk about on this team, Ryan? Uh, there's so many players. I mean, obviously Larry Bird, uh, Robert uh-huh. Parrish, Kevin McHale. It's just stack team. And then, um, you know, Danny Age was kind of like uh, under the radar, kind of three-point assassin. I think of him like that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, not really maybe a, a dominant player, but it's funny to see Rick Carlisle on that team. Mm-hmm. I'd, for- I'd forgotten he played for them. Obviously, he's a well-known coach, been around yeah. a long time, but forgot that he was on that team. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible seeing that that roster of players. There's a, there's a bunch of future coaches on this team. Kevin McHale, ML Carr, I think coached for a while. Quinn Buckner, pretty sure he coached. Larry Bird, of course. So, a lot of Larry coaches. Bird was coach and then GM. Uh, I don't remember where a, his GM duties, but it, it very well may Pacers. be. Yeah, yeah with the yeah, Pacers. Pacers. Yeah, yeah. I know he was the coach there. I just don't really follow GMs as well. But on me, yeah. It's a gap in my knowledge. No worries. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. So this team was, this is the team that part of why I wanted to read that intro of just like, this is one of the teams that we just assumed the eighties were all about the Celtics and the Lakers. It was see if there's any other teams that factor into it, but uh, in the postseason tournament, they lost to the Lakers in six games. All right. After 70 games in second place, was the Milwaukee Bucks it, with a 1687 ELO rating, just 18 points out of first. 
So this is the team with Sidney Moncrief and Terry Cummings. Uh, Paul Presley was really good this year. Craig Hodges, who I really mostly remember for being a sharpshooter on the Bulls later, but he was on this team. Uh, Ricky Pierce, who was awesome on the Sonics for a while. This was, he was really young, hadn't really come into his own, hadn't really blossomed yet, but sure. he, was, he was really good on this team. Hey, what was our um, our first comparison analysis? What, what was the uh, intro you used, Chris, to describe the the power team? So you, you kind of had a yeah, term. prime time. Anyways, that was the Spurs time. we're looking at. If you might, you might notice David Thirdkill making an appearance for the Bucks. This guy's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to see how many teams he's played on. Yeah, yeah, David Thirdkill. Prime time. <laughs> I'm talking about prime time. It's yeah. always fun. It's always fun to see what you latch onto. Let's see. Let's see what else David Thirdkill did. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, some other players on this team: mm-hmm. Mike Dunleavy, yeah, Ricky Pierce. Ricky Pierce was really, really good. All right, some notable players: David Thirdkill, also known as the Sheriff. See, this is what I'm talking about. He has a nickname on Basketball Reference. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So in this season, he played for. Wow, he played for Detroit, Milwaukee, and San Antonio all this year. Weird. I'm sorry, I had to latch onto the such a well-traveled sheriff. No. He's wore out his welcome in a few towns. Sometimes a good sheriff has to do that. Yeah, I like how he went from like one of the primetime teams to the number two team in the league mm-hmm. in the ELO rating. So yeah, he knew he was he was chasing a ring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't remember the Bucks being dominant at, at my young age here. You know, like you said, it kind of that intro you gave as far as the Lakers and Celtics, but it's interesting to see the, the mm-hmm. Bucks right in second place and the ELO rating really mm-hmm. just close, only 18 p- points out of first. So they were definitely a solid team. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. You would have been like four years old, right? Yeah, but I was starting to learn at a young age. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I just try to reflect back on remembering some of this stuff. And I'm like, I just remember like a dreamlike version of some of the pop culture stuff. But I don't, I can remember third kill. So you do remember Hakeem then? I don't know. Well, so this is also... This is also not like a flashy team in the same way that the the Celtics and the Lakers were at times. Like this was the number two defensive rated team. Uh, so this this was one of the only two only like two All Star years for Terry Cummings. He was number five in MVP voting this season, but he he didn't have a long shelf life as an All Star. Sidney Moncrief was probably the biggest star on this team, yeah. but his claim to fame again wasn't his scoring. It was that he's a two time Defensive Player of the Year. Gotcha, and the five time All Defensive Player. It's more of your lunch pail and hard hat team. Just come to work. Huh? Not, yeah. not flashy. Just get it done. Yeah. And they, Shut them down. Open up shop. Yeah, they weren't they weren't flashing anyone. And they say also had Paul Presley, who is a three-time all def, all defensive player. So this was this was the defense first team, which isn't the kind of team that a four-year-old latches onto. So don't 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 be don't be too hard on yourself. And I'm totally spitballing here, but I think I remember from last dance that uh, Michael Jordan really respected Moncrief. Right, like he kind of emulated him defensively. Some of those early years, mm-hmm. is that true? Yeah. I feel like there was a Jordan Moncrief connection. Sound, it sounds reasonable. They, it sounds reasonable. It, he was an excellent defensive shooting guard, which is what Michael Jordan was. So, yeah, I think I remember him mentioning that, that he was somebody that he looked up to early on in the league. Also, I feel like Michael Jordan does that thing a little bit where he likes to compliment lesser known players. Because he doesn't want to give credit to the better known players, because he doesn't want because those those the people he's in competition with. Like he's never going to be like, oh, the best defender was Isaiah Thomas. He's always going to be like, oh, it's Joe Dumars, you yeah. know. 
So I feel like he's he's more likely to say like, oh yeah, Sidney Moncrief, rather than be like, oh, Magic Johnson was amazing. I don't think he thinks of Sidney Moncrief as competition in quite the yeah, same yeah. way, but maybe not. No, I think you're right. Who else we got on this docket? The Bucks team, you know, they they came out okay. Mm-hmm. They kind of leveled off towards mm-hmm. December, and then must have done well for the next couple months because they just continued to climb mm-hmm. in the ELO ratings. Uh, pretty much just a steady progression uh, sent upward. So the Celt- the Celtics ran out to an early lead and then kind of flattened off. The Bucks uh, and our number one team at the seventy game mark both both had a kind of a steady climb throughout the year. So our number one team at the seventy game mark. Remember, we still got five games to go. Uh, at the seventy game mark, the first place team is the Los Angeles Lakers, with an ELO rating of seventeen oh five. Showtime! Yeah, I don't know how much more we have to talk about the the Magic Johnson, Kareem, Worthy, Cooper. This team is stacked. Yeah, they are. I'm- I mean, I'm surprised watching some of those old highlights, like how good Michael Cooper was. I mean, he's like uh-huh. the fourth or fifth will some games, but he's uh, Michael Cooper was an excellent ball player, excellent scorer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll clear out a little bit here so Chris can talk about uh, Kurt Rambis' year. Do you have any thoughts about his his uh, season this year? I mean, he contributed five points a game, um, and he did yeah. it in style. Who looks better than Kurt Rambis in the basketball court? He played all 82 games. Yeah, that's rare. Yeah, uh, I, I like Kurt Rambis, great ball mm-hmm. player. And then, and then I see here that um, that he didn't play for this team, but uh, David Thirdkill had season tickets. Uh, they weren't good seats; they were up in the nosebleed. But he attended a lot of Laker games. That's so. that's a great stat for the fans. <laughs> yeah. Guys everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I'm really glad I made it up. The Thirdkill family is going to really appreciate us. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we get our shine. Grandpa David, you did it. <laughs> All right, moving on to the last five games. Unless unless you have more third kill content. No, just one last thing. I was just going to say, you guys ever heard of Dime Travel? You know, just third kill mm-hmm. family. Just bring it up in ca- casual conversation. Just so proud. So proud. They're going to buy so much merch. <laughs> All right, last five games. You ready for those? Ready. All right. Well, going into the last five games, the Lakers are in first. Bucks are in second, but just 18 points back. Celtics are in third, 24 points back. All right, game 71. The Lakers, out in front, lose an overtime game by three at a decent Blazers team, which dropped them seven ELO points. And they, they did not play well. Kareem with just 16 points, Magic with six turnovers. Kiki Vandaway led the way with 21 for that Blazers team. Meanwhile, the Bucks won, but unfortunately for them, it was against a terrible Pacer team at home by just 11 points. So they only gained one ELO point because they were at home and they played a terrible team. But this was Terry Cummings with 31, 10, and 5. Sidney Moncrief with 23, 6, and 6. So their two stars really played well. And the Celtics team beat an okay Bullets team on the road by 6, and they gained 5 ELO points. So this was a McHale led the way 29 and 11. Bird with close to a triple-double, 13, 12, and 9. But this this narrowed the gap significantly. The Lakers are only up on the Bucks by ten Elo points. This narrow race this- actually would bring us to a word from our potential sponsor, Pop Secret Popcorn, released mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty four. Nice, that was seamless. Yeah, Pop Secret. Yeah, it's popcorn, but don't tell anyone or I'll kill you. <laughs> what? I don't know. What's the, I don't understand why it's a secret. This company is serious. Nobody's going to eat that. 
How do they not know it's popcorn? I can't believe it's not and popcorn. I wonder how, how do you pop it without people know it, knowing that you're doing it? Yeah, that's, that's... It's like the hardest... It's the hardest food to discreetly make. Yeah. It's hard to keep that a secret. <laughs> it, it stinks. It's loud. It's cute. It's everything but a secret. That's what the slogan should be. Hey, hun, you making popcorn? Shh. No. Wink. So this is... Ultra, I'll never tell pop, pop, pop. Ultra competitive season right now. Back on track. Thanks, Ryan. Way to derail us and then get us back on the rails. The conductor. 2-2. Game 72. Game 72, Lakers bounce back and beat the Sonics, but it was a bad Sonics team, so they only gained eight ELO points. The Bucks, the Bucks beat a bad Knicks team at home, gained 20 uh, by, by 20 and gained just two ELO points. And the Celtics beat a decent Nets team on the road by 10, gained eight ELO points. Wow. So at, at, at this point, let's see, after 72 games, the Lakers are still in first. Now the Celtics are in second, 12 back, and the Bucks are in third, 16 back of the Lakers. All right, moving on to game 73. The Lakers win again, beat a solid Mavs team at home, but it was at home and only by five. So they just gained two ELO points. It was a little bit better game for Magic with 23, six and 13, Kareem with 22 and eight. But the Bucks beat a decent Bullets team on the road by 11. So Lakers gained two ELO points, the Bucks gained seven. And the, uh, the Celtics beat a really good 76er team, but they beat them at home by just four points. So they only gained two ELO points. Uh, and this was, there, there were a bunch of games here where the, you, you can really see the Celtics, what a, what a great team they were. Cause Bird, McHale, Ainge, and DJ all had between 20 and 24 points. So they had a lot of like really bunched scoring at the top. Total contribution. But with two games left in our season, Lakers are in first, Bucks are in second, just 11 points back. And then the Celtics just one more point behind them, 12 points away from the Lakers. All right, game 74. Lakers win again, but against a really bad Suns team and again at home. So they only gained three ELO points. Uh, it's not their fault. They're doing what they can. Yeah, but earlier in the season, they were playing against good teams. So it all it all evens out. You know, they're playing a bad team. They could have beat them by more. I don't know. Meanwhile, the Bucks beat also a, a bad team, a Knicks team, but they got they beat them on the road. Lakers gained three. The Bucks only gained two ELO points. So th- this was also uh, no Terry Cummings in this game, and Moncrief was out for the rest of the year. So oh boy. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be trouble for them. But just one game left. And the Celtics kind of drop out of it at this point. They lost uh, to a good Pistons team on the road by eight, dropped 11 ELO points. And this is a game Bird didn't play, uh, but Scott Wedman filled in for him admirably with 31. Oh, gotcha. This is before Joe Dumars, right? You think Joe Dumars would have shut down Wedman? I don't know. And now we're getting close to game 75? Mm-hmm. We're getting as close oh, as you can be. Well, I'm getting hungry. Can you pass those Velveeta shells and cheese, please? That just came out in 1984. <laughs> Don't we still have that? <laughs> yeah. This is a great year just all around. You got everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Thirdkill, Velveeta, all the classics. <laughs> all right, game 75. The Lakers... In first place, 
beat a really good Nuggets team by 14 on the road, gaining 12 ELO points. Come on. The the Bucks also win, but they were playing against a bad Hawks team at home, so they only gained two ELO points. And the Celtics, who kind of had dropped out of it with the previous loss, also lost this game. They played against the, that really good Bucks team and dropped five ELO points. Well, you know what happened? I think they went out to see the release of the Breakfast Club the night before. Oh, did that come out this year? Yeah. So of the starters, of the starters on the Celtics, which which starters were which characters on the Breakfast Club? You think? Mm, yikes! Larry um, Bird was probably Black Jesus. He's not. That's you're not, mixing up. That's so. Oh, did you say Breakfast Club? Did you know that Cinnamon Toast Crunch came out this year? No. I mean, is it just that they look a little bit alike? But I'd say Molly Ringwald. This character is definitely Larry Bird. I feel like I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like Robert Parrish was uh, Ali Sheedy. Oh, uh, I feel like Kevin McHale too. was Molly Ringwald. I don't remember any of the characters' names. That's the problem. I don't either. That's why I said Black Jesus. And I definitely think Danny Ainge was Emilio Estevez. That makes sense. What do you think? He was a mighty duck. Well, before we get sidetracked with that part. The end result here is that the LA Lakers, who also won the postseason tournament, are also our champion for the 1985 season. So congratulations once again to the 1985 Los Angeles Lakers on your championship. Solid. They were good. Flawless victory. Not flawless, but they but they were really good. It was it was a pretty narrow victory. They they were only end up beating the Bucks by 22 points in the ELO rating. Um, I don't know if we. I don't know if we have an all-time team, but I feel like this team could mm-hmm. be close. You know, like with the greatest team ever. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at lists of the greatest teams ever, I think uh, I think it's the '87 Lakers that are usually mentioned. But just because you can't pick every Laker okay. team from the '80s, um, but the '85 Lakers yeah. were an awesome team. Yeah, they're definitely in that conversation. But and and their ELO rating at the end of the year, seventeen twenty-three, is a solid ELO rating. Uh, Ending up right around 1700 is pretty typical for a champ for the year. Uh, I think that this might be the first or second highest ELO rating of the entire decade. So Lakers were awesome this year. Well, congratulations. And so our exercise here just uh, confirms them as the champ. Correct. Deservedly. So, all right, before we, before we talking about the implications of that a little bit more, we're going to get to the star of our show, the time travel week. This is where we envision if we could go back to this week, to this season, and spend a week there. With the rules being no affecting world events, you have to attend at least one NBA game. It matters once you're there how you would travel between locations. And that we're not going back to invest. We're not going back to invest in Velveeta. Uh, how would you spend that week? So, Ryan, Ryan, how would you spend your 1984, 1985 week? Well, first, I'm going to... Head back there near the Los Angeles area. And I know he's kind of a controversial performer, but I like to go see the Jackson, mm-hmm. the Jacksons on the victory tour. Mm-hmm. Joe, uh, Joe Jackson and bit. his kids? Yeah, and the, the kids. Yep, checking them all out. Mm-hmm. And they're actually having several performances in the LA area, all at Dodger Stadium um, around that early December week there. So. I'd probably catch at least two or three shows to see if they're a little bit different. But um, And then as far as basketball, I'm going to be hopping all around. 
I'm going to be checking out the Pistons versus the Pacers, December 1st, 1984. Seeing Isaiah Thomas, Vinnie Johnson, Bill Lambeer. This is kind of the the roots of the upcoming championship team in about five nice. years. Spoilers. Four to five years. Nice. Sorry, guys. Um, then I'm going to take the DeLorean and travel over to Cleveland, check out the Lakers, um, December 4th, 1984. Uh, I'm going to check out James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Kareem. There's nothing really particular about this game other than I'm just trying to get to see as many players in this particular season as possible. So, so how many games are you going to see? I'm trying to get to four. Okay. And then next I'm, the next day I'm going to be going to Philly, check out the Sixers over the Bucks, one-point margin of victory. Nice. Um, Julius dropped 22, Moses 27, Cisco kid with 16, but 13 boards, just kind of dominating there. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to try to um, catch the game between the Rockets and the Trailblazers, December 8, 1984, just kind of squeezing at that last mm-hmm. game before the full week's finished up. And again, really just trying to maximize, trying to see as many players as possible. Um, so we've got uh, obviously young Kakeem, Ralph Sampson, like you said. And then um, John Lucas, um, he may not be that popular player from this era, but I was able to watch his son play a little bit, so I'd be curious to watch watch him play at that time. So I love his work with Star Wars. Yeah, it was really it good. Was good. How did yeah. he think of all that? I don't know. And juggle an NBA career? I know. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. So, And then right before I leave, I'm going to invest in Apple and Yahoo. Nope, not, we're uh, not doing that. That's not a part of this. Can't do that. Oh, dang it. Okay, we'll just scratch that last part. Okay, you guys go. That was a good one, man. Yeah. I really actually really like you. You did a good job this week. And there's a lot of great players on a a bunch of different teams. So it really is hard to, to, um, it's hard to pick, but it's also kind of hard to fail too. You could just. Exactly. That that was my strategy is just get to many games as possible. Yeah, you you did a great job. Uh, Usually I go second in this format. You good with that? Chris, yeah, what were you, you doing go, this why week? Why don't you go second? Yeah. Well, uh, there was a, there was a game I wanted to catch in California um, between the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, and the Miami Dolphins. Um, it's the Super Bowl, Stanford, California, January 20th. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Montana versus Marino. This is an incredible game. And those um, are those are quarterbacks? They they were quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. Um, although uh, randomly Montana set some kind of rushing record for a quarterback mm-hmm. uh, in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with like 59 yards, which I thought was kind of an odd like record to hold on to for yeah. a little while. Um, but it, it was kind of a close game for the first half. And then eventually Montana uh, is better than Marino and um, Niners end up winning by a pretty fair margin. Um, and then just cause I'm doing this, like laces out. Yeah. It, it probably is right around that time. I thought I'd fly up to Edmonton. That's Canada. The Sunshine um, State. City of Compton. To catch, a, to catch a Pitbull concert. Just kidding. Um, to see the Edmonton Oilers play the LA Kings. Hey, this is a basketball um, podcast. What are you doing? I mean, I'm maximizing my time, it's too. <laughs> you wearing a hockey game and a football game. Allowed. As long as he goes to one NBA game. I'll find a basketball game. Just, <laughs> just hold You're on. running out of time. Did you know that... Uh, did you know that... Um, Passenger submarines, passenger submarines actually sail out of Canada because there's less restrictions, so they don't need. uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. Wait, sorry. Go ahead. What what are you doing? Yeah, definitely going basketball this time. Um, so there's a hockey game 
hacky <laughs> um, between the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Um, and this was considered Wayne Gretzky's uh, – the greatest team he ever played on. And when, when so NHL hold. does their rankings, the 1985 Edmonton Oilers is, is the, considered the greatest hockey team of all time. Um, and they, you know, they, that was in the middle of Gretzky's kind of four championships with the one year in between. Now, is that sort also of did like a, a Jordan thing? Is that also a quarterback? No, he plays hockey. He oh, was okay. a forward, I think. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to go on this big hockey tangent, but it was a good time to go see a hockey game. Um, it's an interesting game because LA jumps out to a four goal lead after the first period. It's four zero. Hmm. And somehow the Edmonton Oilers come back to win eight to seven Gretzky getting a shorthanded goal late in the third to kind of like uh, seal the game. I, I think it'd be a really excellent game. I really hope they're able to, games. I really hope they're able to keep that Edmonton team together. It seems like they had a lot of talent. Is that a three pointer that he got or it's just every goal is worth one in hockey. Um, but we okay. don't need to educate folks on that. They can look that up later. This is this is about basketball. So, oh, there we go. Um, the next day, I'm going to fly to Chicago, catch a young guy, Black Jesus, Larry Bird. Um, he actually beats up on Portland for a while. Um, the Blazers, despite having six people in dub- double figures, still lose to Jordan in his 29-13 game. Hmm. Um, I think I thought he was like cool catch Jordan rookie year, Black Jesus uh, in those new Nikes, looking good. Um, then the next day. Uh, I got to head down to Providence, Rhode Island. You're going to catch a cricket um, game? This is still within the same week. This is the, the 23rd. I started my week on the 20th. I got to head down to Providence to catch uh, Bruce Springsteen. This was the Born in the USA tour right after that album came out and just kind of blew up. It's, there's some crazy thing I was reading about how he like spent two years getting in shape. So he was like at his most fit for this tour. And, you know, he's stopping around stage. It would have been awesome to see Bruce Springsteen. So I'm going to see him at the Providence Civic Center. It's an intimate venue. Um, well, and then it, I'm I think it was because off. this was the yeah. uh, the Born in the USA album cover shoot. So I think he was just getting in shape as he could So because it's just a rear end shot. And so I think he was mm-hmm. just super stressed about that photo shoot, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I can imagine correctly. Does that sound right? Yeah. Old Brucey wanted to have those that, that behind. Yeah. So. So I... So I miss. I, sorry, I miss. So you you're going to see the the tour or his workout? Yeah, it's kind of both, um, but it's a concert. Yeah, I'm going to see his concert. Uh, okay, and is he working out or yeah, nope. is he singing a song? Uh, he's doing a little bit of both. Have you ever seen some of the footage? Yeah, he works really concerts? hard. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's a maniac on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, Bruce Springsteen. 1985. You can't beat it. Uh, I'm going to finish off this week uh, just because we got to move this podcast mm-hmm. along. Uh, we've already we're losing listeners. No, we're night. not. Uh, this is the best so part. The Celtics play in Boston, so I'm going to just head down to Boston from Rhode Island and watch the Blazers come to town again. Uh, and it's a really cool game. And I wish we had some footage, but this is an audio based, uh, you know, media platform. A uh, really cool game where. Uh, it came down to the last 10 seconds with nine seconds left. The Trailblazers losing by one on the road in Boston. Clyde the Glide does a few shifty moves and hit a, hits a jumper from the elbow to go up by one. With three seconds left, fans are just, you know, like throwing beer bottles and stuff because it's at the mm. garden. And, you know, Portland's – so this game is kind of famous for Clyde, like, celebrating too early. Um 
They left too much time for Larry mm-hmm. Legend, though. There's still three seconds on the clock. They take the ball Black out Jesus. on the other end of the court after a timeout. <laughs> There's an attempt to pass the ball in uh, to, to Black Jesus. Uh, I'll just play along because this is all I can do now. So they try to pass the ball into him, and it gets tipped out of bounds. So it goes down to two seconds left on the clock. Um, and they're like double-teaming Larry, which back in this day, you actually didn't see that many double teams. That's how much you know Larry Legend was respected. Anyways, he's like in a really bad spot, kind of double team down at you know the corner of the baseline. The ball gets passed into him, creates a little space, step back, buzzer beater as he fades out of bounds. Uh, I mean, yeah. the the guard just goes nuts. Anyways, one of his high school. Did you, have you seen highlights of that game? Yeah, I have. It would have been an amazing game to be amazing. at. Amazing. I was. I mean, it gave me chills. He made it. I mean, he made it look so easy, and and Clyde was like so excited that they might actually beat mm-hmm. Boston. He just left him too much time. Anyways, Larry Bird finishes with forty eight points. I mean, he had a sixty point game that season, so this isn't that crazy. He finishes with forty eight points, ten rebounds, seven assists, and that's the end of my week. I got to fly home. My, my only regret is I didn't catch Bernard King. Yeah, there, there were two players who scored sixty points this season, and they were the two players battling for the the scoring title and for the MVP. And that was uh, Bernard King and Larry Bird. And I got to see Bird, but Bernard King was like injured this whole week, even though I was in the New York area. None of the games featured Bernard King. So that's honorary mention for Bernard King games that I think they would have been really cool to see. But, um, you know, this would have been the year to do it because he injures his ACL at the end of the season. But yeah, that's my week, man. It's a good week. It's a lot Uh, of cool stuff. I know we were were teasing you, but that's that's a solid week. I mean – Action packed. No one's gonna regret. And, and that I definitely, week. I've tried to put together weeks too before where it's like centered around other non basketball things, and then you kind of shoehorning in basketball games where you're like, nah, it's not the best game, but it it happened that week. So getting to see a, a, an awesome Larry Bird down to the wire forty eight yeah. point game would be a really good addition to any week. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how the social media stuff works that well, but I think eventually we'll try to upload some of that content to the website so people yeah. can kind of see that. Yep. Uh, Larry Bird Oof. buzzer beater. It's really cool. Or the back-to-back buzzer beaters. We'll, we'll, before that. I think we're so. only a few years away from le- having an AI thing that can Photoshop you into the stands. So we can see the, the shot and then see you cheering mm-hmm. from the stands. Be wearing, wearing your David Thurnkill shirt. Just being like, mm-hmm. ah, Yeah, stay tuned for that. All right. So my week. Are we going to see each other? I, I don't think so. I, I, I always hope we're going to run into each other at one of these, but we never seem to. All right, so here was my priority list. I had six things on my list. I wasn't able to get them all done. Number six, I wanted to see rookie MJ. Number five, I wanted to see this awesome Celtics team. Number four, I wanted to see this Bucks team. Uh, number three, I wanted to see a Laker game. But then the top two, number two, was I wanted to see a Purple Rain show. Big Prince fan. Pop probably secret be- popcorn. <laughs> and I'll probably have some pop secret popcorn. Um so I wanted to catch a purple part of the Purple Rain tour. But then the number one thing on here, I'm not a huge college football fan, but for whatever reason, I was always very, very aware of Doug Flutie. I don't know why, but my mom really liked Doug Flutie. I, I, I lived in the Boston area for a while. People really liked Doug Flutie. He was a big thing. Uh, so my number one priority for, for this particular season was going back to watch the Hale Flutie game. Oh my gosh! Really? So Did that's, you get to it? That's where I'm start. That that's where I'm starting my week. Is November twenty third, the Boston College at Miami Hurricanes. Is that a night game? Boston College. 
Nope, it was a 2.30 p.m. game. Yeah, you've never seen the highlights? Game. It was for sure during the day. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I feel like it was at night. I don't know why. It seemed dark, but obviously no, not. No, those were just the cameras back then. I think everything was darker. Probably just the grainy footage. Yeah. Yeah. So, Boston, just for those who don't remember, Boston College was down 45 to 41 with six seconds left. Ball at midfield. Flutie threw it 60-plus yards in the air into 30-mile-an-hour wins for the game-winning touchdown as time expired. I think that'd be an awesome game to be at. It's like 40 times his length. Yeah, he was uh, 5'10". He was not a very tall guy. Didn't have a lot of success in the NFL. Had a lot of success in the Canadian Football League. So so that's my first game. Then, cool. the next day, I'm, I'm hopping on a flight. I'm going up to uh, to Portland to watch the Bulls lose to the Blazers. We're getting a lot of Blazers content this, this year for no real reason. They're everywhere. But... Thank you, guys. Real trail Rookie MJ was high on my list. I'm, so Bulls lose to the Blazers 141-131. Rookie MJ with 30 points. Uh, wow. For the Blazers, Jim Paxson with 31. Kiki Vandaway with 30. And Clay Thompson's dad, Michael Thompson, with 17. That'll be kind of cool to see. He was really good, too. Michael Thompson was a good player. Mm-hmm. Then, unfortunately, I'm going to have to do a lot of traveling on this one, but uh, two days later, I'm heading back to uh, Landover, Maryland to watch the Purple Rain Tour at the Capitol Center. That should be an awesome show. It's The, the set list is, is awesome. Can't wait to see Computer Blue and Darling Nikki back-to-back live in person. Oh, my gosh. Take me with you. Uh, it's going to be a great show. I'm really excited. Uh then I got a couple days to make it down to uh, to Houston to watch the Celtics win at the Rockets, one ten to one hundred. This was another one of those like really well rounded Celtics ga- games. Five players scored between seventeen and twenty three points, led by Larry with twenty three, ten boards and nine assists. Uh, but that also allows me to see Ralph Sampson get twenty three and twelve, and rookie Hakeem with fourteen points and eighteen boards. So that's how I'm ending my week, and that's that's the game. If I'm if I'm if I'm going to try and sneak back, I know we're not supposed to invest or anything, but if I'm going to try and sneak back one jersey that I pick up, I'm probably going to get that that rookie Hakeem jersey, that that red Houston 34, the one I'm supposed to be wearing, the one that you could also be wearing. We'll Photoshop you wearing that. Okay, that's my dream. So that's my week. That that's where wow. I'm getting picked up. I think some really that's good a weeks. Cool one. Yeah. Did you get some thank like Did you get some Thanksgiving dinner while you were there? Or anything like that? Did you go? You didn't visit your previous self, though, right? Like that's one thing we talked about. No, no, I definitely didn't do that. Okay, okay. Do you know how boring I was when I was three? No, no. Yeah, me either. I should probably go back and see. It might have been no, really not, fun. Not, but no, it's like uh, it's one of the it. rules. Is it that? No, that's that's like a time. It's a general time travel rule, but I don't think it's for our podcast. So it's hypothetical. I, like I thought about going back and surprising myself, uh, that would be interesting. But I would don't you know. be scared of yourself? Maybe, maybe a different year. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to do at a time when I'm not really forming memories. But mm-hmm. maybe uh, like I in '87 or '88. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking more like in the late '90s. You know, Ooh. I mean, like, like in high school, just be like, what was that? Yeah, you, you were so weird, though. We were all so weird. Maybe like junior year, like of of high school, I'll jump into a cross country race I was in, with just get grab a jersey from a different team and just run next to myself and just be like, 
how long is that gonna last not very long <laughs> there's no way <laughs> i'm gonna sprint for a little bit and then i'm gonna die yeah would you push yourself no i would just i would cryptically whisper like encouraging things to myself that might make late make sense later who knows don't drink the might gatorade <laughs> or something like that yeah they're not your real friends yeah yeah i got i got time to prep that though that's not gonna be this year that's gonna be when we do 97. did you did you save yourself any time during your trip to um read that new book that came out ender's game orson scott card uh, I, i've read it you know i, I don't need it came to out in 85. Yeah, it came out in yeah. 85. So it won't be out. All my stuff was still in, in 84. I was doing some November stuff. Oh, okay. So n- number seven on my list was to catch that new, new Orson Scott card that just dropped. But uh, I wasn't able to work that. And I also wasn't able to see the Bucks. So those are the, my two big misses. Oh, dude, so, you got to catch MacGyver too. No cap. It's a sensation. All right. So a couple quick sections to go through. One is the MVP. So... If if the regular season champion was the NBA champion, I think it would it would really skew the MVP voting towards the NBA champ. So this season is actually kind of an interesting one to consider because Larry Bird was the MVP, but if the Lakers were given a championship ring for this year, I think it would probably skew a little more votes towards Magic and Kareem. But they did split votes. Magic was number two. Kareem was number four. I don't know in this in this. In this newly imagined world where the Lakers, because of their 75-game performance, get championship rings, do you think that would change who the MVP was this year? Wow. This is actually an interesting year to um, mm-hmm. for this discussion. I'm going to just go ahead mm-hmm. and start by saying no. I don't Because I think just Magic and Kareem just steal too many votes from each other. But I think they take mm-hmm. a bigger share of Larry Bird's votes. But I, I still think Larry Legend... Yeah is our MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't, I think you're right. I don't think they take it away from black Jesus, but I do think that the margin is uh, cut into a little bit. I mean, Larry had 29 points, 10 boards and seven assists. Like that, that it was, he, he led the league in win shares, win shares for 48. He, he, he had an awesome year. Uh, the, the Celtics didn't end up too far behind. And like you said, the the Kareem and Magic really would have really split the vote a lot. So, you know, know. Larry Bird Ryan, shot a forty three percent from three point that that year too. It's kind of rare yeah. for that era. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Larry Bird definitely stood out, and uh, like you said, it's just a little bit of a timeshare with Kareem. Yeah, timeshare with them, just kind of stealing. It. That's so cool. Beautiful Where location. Beautiful location. In Edmonton. Just. just their votes were just divided between them. Um, it's amazing too, just to think that cream age 37 was still finishing fourth in the MVP. I mean, it's hard, hard to imagine. I mean, obviously he was a dominant player, but just even being that old and finishing mm-hmm. fourth. Um, but because of the two of them together being so effective, I think Larry just stood above and beyond. Um, like you said, especially with his points per game, and uh, just overall performance. And he also put in, you know, I think part of it is like how long or how how can a player perform through the entire game? He was averaging almost 40 minutes a game. So he was out there playing mm-hmm. the whole game. Lot, lots of stamina. Obviously a main focal point of the offense and just... That's true. 
did an amazing That's true. job. He just played more minutes per game than the other two, and played more games than them. So he was out. He was out there more. Uh, re- related to what you were saying about um, Kareem's age, I think this was the year that he was. Uh, he turned thirty eight before the finals and was Finals MVP. So he's the oldest ever Finals MVP. So yeah, he was still really amazing even at this age. I think it's because he's a black belt. Hmm. I mean, he he really was one of the original take care of your body guys. Yeah, so, he crazy. trained with uh, Bruce Lee, I believe. It's one of the it's one of the only Bruce Lee clips I've shown my kids multiple times because it's just it's such a, it's such a weird it's thing to amazing. watch. The two of them fight. Yeah, they're very different in size. Right. Bruce Lee was not good at basketball that I know of. Yeah. But, but you was know who was good at basketball was Prince. So maybe maybe Bruce Lee was. I don't know. I would watch the two of them play. And Michael B. Jordan, before his acting career, I guess finished sixth this year in MVP voting. No, no that's, that's a common misconception. That's Michael A. Jordan. That's not a common misconception at all. That's, an, that's only a Ryan misconception. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what is, what is his middle name? It's Jeffrey. It's Michael Jeffrey Jordan. It's not A. No. You're just saying a like a featured like a one Jordan. Yeah, as in like mm-hmm. there's a B Jordan and an A Jordan. Oh, he's the first Jordan. Yeah. I figured out where the timeshare is. Is where is it? It's in the Caribbean. Um, because that's where the uh-huh. Caribbean Queen lives. Billy Ocean, 1984. Billboard. Is that Hot what he was singing about? 100. Did he, did he go? He went and visited Kareem in Larry Magic and Kareem's timeshare. <laughs> yeah. Wait. No more love on the run. <laughs> he kept trying to get girls. He kept trying to get girls to get in his car. Wait yep. one second here. So, this is Michael Jordan's rookie year. Yeah. So he, that's remarkable. He he averaged and Charles Barkley. He yeah. averaged twenty eight points his rookie year. It's incredible. Yeah, he was really good at basketball. Yeah, he was immediately a focal point of that offense. Mm-hmm. And then I think you had mentioned Bernard King was injured, you know, some of this year, but also a remarkable season. He was averaging almost 33 points. Yeah, he was the scoring leader for that season. Uh-huh. I remember trying to make the point in a previous episode about how how valuable prime Bernard King would be to add to to a Nets team. Bernard King was uh, pretty amazing. I think it's becoming more relevant as we go through some of these seasons. You can appreciate their statistics. It's also interesting that Hakeem ended up tied for 12th in MVP voting because he was also a rookie. Right. Yeah. Some of these rookie performances are incredible to even make that. I I wonder how many times in NBA history there have been two rookies in the top 15 of MVP voting. It probably hasn't happened very often. Yeah, I would say. That is kind of a good point. Not very often at all. But not a lot of draft classes have Hakeem and MJ, so – yeah. All right. All right. So we decided Larry Bird's still the MVP. Probably. Correct. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's. So the next thing we're going to talk accurate. about is how the legacies are affected, which in some cases, if we're changing who the, who wins the title, that, that can have a significant effect on the legacies. The, the thing that I think this might affect the legacies is I think it, it would probably give us a little bit more appreciation for the bucks. If we could actually look and say, the boy, the Bucks were the clear second place team, and if you look at what their ELO rating ended up at, it was also over seventeen hundred. They they had the fifth highest ELO rating out of any team in the eighties, and the other four teams ahead of them all won the ELO championship for that year, and also won the NBA championship for that year. 
So they were the highest ELO rated team of the entire decade to not win the championship. To not win, yeah. That's so crazy. When we, when we, yeah, so when we look back and we think about the 80s as the Lakers and Celtics, and I know I know there's people who are diehards who, who know better than that, but I think to most people, I think of the 80s and as, as Lakers, Celtics taking turns and, you know, not, might forget about the 76ers winning in 83 and then not realizing that the Bucks had uh, had a three-year run where they were in the top three of the ELO rating three, three years in a row. It just happened to be right in the middle of the eighties as the Lakers and the Celtics were peaking. So they never really had a, a, they didn't have a championship to show for it, but they were a really good team. Right. I agree with you. They just, it's just a team that are, like you said, just during that period, it just didn't stand out in my mind. I mean, obviously like I said, there's uh-huh. some people will be like, how could you not know that? But they were just mm-hmm. so much it's- more, um, about Lakers and Celtics. That was a big matchup. They, that was all the hype. They they weren't flashy and they didn't win a ring. And that's part of why we like to look at it this way and evaluate the 75 game, big sample size, regular season, rather than what happened in the postseason tournament, because there's a lot of randomness and there's just a, and it's easy to lose, lose in the, lose to time a, a team like this Bucks team. That was really good. And you know, who was on that Bucks team? David Thurkill. Briefly, 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 but I think he attended a lot of Lakers games. But from his season yeah, ticket think, purchase, yeah, that I made up. So I think that's the end of the legacy. So one last thing to do. So we started off by by uh, I, I read a a narrative for the for the season, the, the common narrative. Here, here's my adjusted narrative based on what we just saw. All right, <clears throat> all right, here I go. A really talented Bucks team during a three-season stretch as a top three ELO team is narrowly edged out by the Cream and Magic Lakers, the highest-rated Laker team of the 80s. Magic wins title number three. Kareem wins title number four. Meanwhile, superstars Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Charles Barkley are ready to have next. Agree. Good job. So that's my that's my updated narrative. It's, it sounds yeah, very. I think that's good. Wait, similar. I think you're retelling the story and you're you're reminding people about a team that really deserves some respect mm-hmm. to finish above 1700 mm-hmm. in this in this format and not win a championship mm-hmm. is is pretty outstanding. Only team this decade that did it. Every other team over 1700 yeah. in the 80s won a championship. Very rare to be above it and not win. So this Bucks team was yeah. really good, and I'm I'm glad we were able to go through a thing that that. Uh, shows that they should be remembered, but the Lakers still have their championship for this year. So congratulations to them. Congratulations. Way to go, Bucks. You did it. Yeah, I think I th- we're not supposed to go back in time and change history, but in a way without traveling back in time, we sort of are rewriting history, and I like that. Yeah. So Kevin and Chris, yeah, yeah, we have uh, Lakers at number one, Yeah. Celtics at number two, who is the bronze medal winner in this season well so why are the celtics number two well i mean in the actual championship format but in our elo rating it'd be the bucks uh-huh and the well the champion this year was the lakers so lakers correct uh-huh. and they were the elo champ lakers correct elo and then the second elo rating would be the bucks uh-huh. real life championship rating second place would be celtics uh-huh that's true so who are, we, who are we putting for the bronze medal? I guess if we're going to our ELO system, so let's say you got Lakers one, uh-huh. Bucks two. Uh-huh. Are you keeping the Celtics three, 
I, I or think are you going to go with somebody else? I think the Celtics have to be three. It, it, there was definitely a big separation between those top three teams. The number four ELO team was the 76ers, but they were they were all more than 100 points back of the Lakers. Right. So, I think that's pretty clear cut this year. Sometimes there's more competitive, mm-hmm. but I, I do think there's a huge separation. Yeah. Plus the, the Celtics made it to the finals, you know? So I, I think... I think this is a year where the Lakers, Bucks, and Celtics really separated themselves. And I think when we look back, I think we sometimes, I, I think, I think if you asked the average NBA fan, if you just stopped them and said, 1985, who are the top three teams? I think most people would get Lakers and Celtics. I think a lot of people would, would miss the Bucks. So that's, that's the point of this. Definitely. Yeah, that is the point. All right. Anything else we didn't hit about 1985? Any other commercials, Ryan? No, I think we've covered most of them. Um, obviously, a lot of other outstanding products that were released this year <laughs> and into 1985. Um, other things, shout out, HP LaserJet. Uh-huh. Get that printer going. Extra gum, extra, extra long, lasting. Uh-huh. Pound puppies. And Discman, play that song, that DJ. <laughs> get that revolver going. <laughs> was that was that their slogan? And it's amazing. Discman. <laughs> Sound bites. You will find nowhere else, only here. Pretty sure they, they didn't have enough time to get all that in there. Play that song on a Walkman with ears. I'm sorry, Discman. Not going to make it very long. I've got some honorable mentions, too. I don't know how you're missing these, but, I mean, the Nintendo came out this year. Super Mario Brothers were released to the world. So mm. 84, wow, I thought it was a little later. It was 1985. It was 1985, so so technically maybe that's the 85-86 season because I think it was released in the summer, but um, I was still really excited about it. It's a gray area. It's a gray area. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes this podcast can be a little difficult because we have the summer break and a lot of things happen in the summer break. Like Back Mm -hmm. to the Future came out. Summer, summer, summer time. Back to the Future was released. Time to sit back and unwind. Yeah. So... It, um, unfortunately we don't get to it, go to a lot of movie premieres because that's during the summer and it's after the season yeah but. breakfast club came out yeah. on in february so that, that that was an option but that definitely deserves a dime out so is the coach on the late mm. on the celtics is he the principal yeah probably from the breakfast club i think so just because he's the older guy kind of in charge and stuff but just by default yeah who is the coach of the celtics is it it's not the red guy is it he's like from the 70s it's not the red guy. Auerbach? Yeah. The red guy. Roger? Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, it was not Auerbach. That's for sure. But that'd be your Bach. Hubie Brown. That'd definitely have to be your Bach. I'm pretty sure Hubie Brown didn't coach them ever. I think it's Casey Jones. Isn't oh, that okay. the guy who struck out at the bat? It's not Orville Redenbacher. No. Different popcorn this year. Okay. You're, think, you're thinking pop um, secrets. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to uh, – another one I wanted to reference but I didn't get to was Golden Girls. Real hot this year. Real hot. Was this their first year of Golden Girls? No way. No, it was not a new release. It was just kind of like peaking. This is like prime oh, Golden Girls. this was Girls. peak Golden Girls. Peak Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, new release of MacGyver. Um, peak Murder, Buff, She Wrote. Mary, Kill. Buff, Mary, Kill, Golden Girls. Go. Not playing this game. This is not a segment. I'm not doing it. All right. Well, did you guys want to thank the listeners today? Yeah, I was going to thank the listeners. So, so that that's the end. Though we can sign off. Anything else? All right. That was a great season. I think you guys had excellent weeks. It was yeah, 
Um, yeah. Just a great basketball season, a lot going on in the world, good times. Yes. Congratulations, 1985, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So for uh, Chris and Ryan, I'm Kevin, and uh, anyone who listened, thanks. You didn't have to do that. Thank you. Yeah, join us next week when we're going to do 1978. All right. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Programming my little it. machine. Program your little machine. See you next week. It's 11.30. It is bedtime. <laughs>